pick is finally in. With the first pick of the 2014 NFL Draft. With the first selection of the 2018 MLB Draft. With the first pick in the 2003 NBA Draft. Now for the reason we're all here. We have some business to do. The first Welcome in to the first the pick podcast, betting edition, strictly bets, all about the do re me, whatever you want to call it. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money, Jerry. You better yell. Show me the money. Let me ask you something. How much of that do re me be for? Wow. I was down eleven ground before I made this bet. It's a little side half court. He's a 30 footer! It's Week 10 NFL card on the slate. We got the weekly guest, Vinny Serio, a.k.a. the Philly Ringer, coming on. But until then, I'm flying solo today. No big Kev in the house. But I'm going to do the spiel anyway for the both of us. I'm your boy, Vinny Goombats. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And if you want to follow the podcast pages, we have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at the first pick pod please check out the social media content we're putting up all kinds of great stuff fantasy advice betting advice betting strategies fantasy strategies funny memes we got all four major sports going on excuse me used to baseball's over with now three to four major sports college football college basketball we got a lot of stuff out there if you want to follow my co-host my partner my friend big kev He's at the biggest ball 76 on Twitter and Instagram and listen to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Music, Podcast Addicts and the big dog Apple iTunes. Enough of that. Let's get to what you came here for. We're going to call Vinny Serio, a.k.a. the Philly Ringer, run through some plays on week 10 that we both like. We hope you enjoy. Be right back. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. The first pick podcast. I'm here with our weekly guest, Vinny Serio, aka the Philly Ringer. Vinny, welcome back. Thank you, Vin. Thank you for having me again. Once again, week ten. Um, let's get it started. How about it? All right, man. Um, before we get rolling, if you don't mind, just giving yourself a little introduction. Let the listeners out there know um, where they can find you on social media if they want to follow the plays or if they want to, you know, hit your inbox and bother you about a pick. No, I'm just joking. But if they want to get in contact with you or follow your plays out there, let them know where they can follow you and introduce yourself briefly. Absolutely. So for the new listeners, my name is Vinny Serio. Uh, I go by Philly Ringer on Twitter. Or if you want to follow my personal accounts, Instagram and Twitter is at random hero underscore underscore uh, on my Philly Ringer account, I'm posting daily free plays basketball now during the week, football on Sundays. I usually get all my picks out. I try to get them out before noon. So if you want to shoot me a follow, let's make some money together. I'm with it, man. Go check him out. Um, I try to retweet those on the pod page. When I'm on Twitter, uh, or my personal one for that matter, whatever it is, I just want, I'm trying to get the people out there to see that kind of stuff too. So um, go out there and check it. You guys already know where I'm at. Uh, I say it like four or five times each episode, but that's because we're trying to get, we're trying to grow, man. We're trying to grow. But week 10, we got, I like to call this, I call this the Byzilla. There's, there's six teams on a buy. So I called it the Byzilla. A lot of buys out there. What are we looking at? What is your first play of the week? So 
So when I was looking at the card originally, and when I say card, you know, the full slate of games here, I hated every game I looked at. And okay. that happens occasionally. Like, I'm like, why I can't find an edge here. And then I started doing my research. I took it game by game. And the first game I'm falling on, we're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Ravens. Okay. I'm going to be on the Ravens minus nine and a half this week. Now, for the listeners that are weekly listeners, if you remember a couple episodes back, I think it was my very first time on the pod. I jumped all over the Bengals getting the points. I think it was at like 10 and a half or 11 uh, four or five weeks ago. But I am flopping now. Uh, I like the Ravens nine and a half this week. So a little trend for you, Vin. The Ravens away coming off a game where they had 150-plus rushing yards, and they won. Since 2013, they're 11-0 against the spread. Woohoo! I like that. Mix that with the Bengals, who are coming off a bye. They didn't play last week. They're 2-4 since 2013 as well. So I know it's a division game. I know the Ravens are away. I think a lot of people are going to be hot on the Ravens because they just beat the Patriots. Uh, but the Ravens are in a good spot here, minus nine and a half. It is a lower point total than it was a couple weeks ago. Um, and if you remember correctly, we backdoor covered on that game because the Ravens were running away with that game, and the Bengals backdoor covered to hit the uh, the plus ten and a half five weeks ago. I think it was. Yeah, I so, remember. I remember. I think the Ravens got a little momentum now. Um, we talked about a pre-show, how they might be one of my picks to uh, to win the Super Bowl as well. So I, I think they're in a good spot this week. I like it, man. And um, actually, Kevin and I just spoke about it on our preview pod. And I, I said that the Ravens have a real tough schedule coming up in the uh, next few weeks. My focus on that was that they they can't afford a hiccup in this game. And I think that they're going to want to put their foot on the gas pedal and they're going to keep it there. You know, I I see them winning this game handily, so I'm not really afraid of that spread. Whereas though, I I agree with you, divisional game, home dog, it's a little scary with that big spread. And that's my opinion of it. I don't like laying this many points with, you know, uh, a divisional rival, especially on the road. And the Bengals always play the Ravens tough. They could be a terrible team like they are this year, 0-8. New quarterback in there, and they still play tough. In this situation, they got the Texans, the Rams, the 49ers, and then they're at Buffalo. Uh, I think Buffalo's fake news. You are fake news. But that's a story for another time. It's in Buffalo. Regardless of how I think Buffalo is, even when they're bad, their home field advantage is very good. What I'm thinking is they got four tough games coming up, really tough games. They got to get this win under their belt just in case there's a hiccup in those next four that it doesn't affect them for the playoffs. And I, I don't think there's a big look-ahead spot here because I don't think the Texans are a team that the Ravens are looking ahead to. But I think they just want to get this game out the way and they want to step on the gas pedal and get ready for these other games ahead just in case there's a hiccup. I see a blowout here, like a 30-10 to 10 type game, something like that. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh Like I mentioned before on a previous pod, no one gets rich doing uh, chalk road teams. Um, So that's why I was a little hesitant. But once I looked at those trends, stats, I feel confident with the nine and a half. This is probably going to be a popular pick uh, come Sunday for, you know, Joe Public. Um, Just seeing the Ravens beating the Patriots, the undefeated, or used to be undefeated Patriots. So this will probably be a popular pick in the book. Um, this line probably will go up come Sunday. So you can lock it in now at nine and a half or by the time this gets out, close to it, maybe even take 10. I, I wouldn't fear it. I, I think it's a strong play this weekend versus, uh, you know, a abysmal Bengals team. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And um, I do have a trend in this game, although it is on the total. Not on the side. Just something I want to point out there for the listeners. I try not to play 
two things in the same game. It's just one of my rules. Doesn't necessarily mean that you listeners out there shouldn't do it. I'll briefly explain why I don't do it. It's just because if I'm rooting, let's just say I have an under, but I'm rooting for a team that covers spread and I might be at that threshold where if they score, I lose the under, but then I win the other bet with the spread. It's just, for me, it's too much in one game. If if you catch my drift, Vinny. I completely agree. If you're going to bet two sides of a game, or just two plays in one game, I should say, try to make it on the one team and the and the money line play. Don't don't mix like a team with an over under because, like you said, more often than not, you're going to end up losing one, winning one. Sure, you can hit both occasionally, but it, it's too tough. You're almost rooting to get yourself at that point. Exactly, man. And again. I don't say all the time. You know, there actually is a, this is actually the outlier week where I do like a side and a total in the same game. That doesn't mean I'm going to play them both. I'm going to try to, I try to find out which one I like more. I, I, I try to focus on that one. But uh, with that being said, this is something that kind of caught my eye. Uh, this trend has now happened. This will be the fourth time this season. Um, it is three and one so far this year alone. Um, once I say it, I'm sure you'll remember it. But NFL home dogs of nine points or more are 29 and six to the under since 2015. If you remember a few weeks ago, we had San Fran and Washington in the slop fest rain. That was a case where this hit for the under. We had the Jets and the Patriots on Monday Night Football. The Jets got demolished. That was an under. Uh, Last Thursday, this is the same instance again, Arizona and San Fran, that game was an over, and there was one more um, in this situation. I just can't remember which game it was right now, but I don't want to drag it out. One more time, NFL home dogs of nine points or more are 29-6 and six to the under. This would fit that, that bill because the Bengals are getting nine points or more at home. This would fit the bill for that... Uh, that, that trend. The, uh, I'm looking at the over-under on one of the books here. Uh, they got it right now at 45 and a half over-under. Yeah, that's a low total. It is. Especially, Absolutely. Especially with the Ravens who have one of the, you know, one of the better scoring offenses in the NFL. Again, just pointing it out for the listeners. Um, I don't know if I have a play on the total. Um, and if I do find one, it's again, I'm going to try to choose between do I want to lay the nine points with the Ravens or am I just going to focus on the under here? Uh, but I did want to put that out for you guys. Then I'm going to go to um, one of my plays next, and then we'll jump back to you. How about that? That sounds good. My next play is I'm going to focus on, and actually it's something you pointed out to me earlier in the week. We spoke, uh, Vinny and I speak often throughout the week. And I think we we might even be talking about it Monday. Like I love that man. We're talking about the next week on Monday, a day after the the games have taken place for Week Nine. And at first, I really wanted to back the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a that was a side I wanted here because I've been watching this team. They play really hard. They cover often. But then I dove into it and did some homework. And Kev, my co-host, has been on the Arizona Cardinals very often this year. So I started doing my homework. I found a systems trend that leans towards my direction. And then I have a a few other things. Uh, I'm going to start with a few trends that I have and uh, I'll I'll end it with my systems trend. And then maybe we'll talk about it a little bit here. First things first, Arizona Cardinals are three and one against the spread away and six and three against the spread overall this year. Their last eight games against Tampa Bay, the Arizona Cardinals are 6-2 and two against the spread. Arizona is also 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games when playing on the road against Tampa Bay. And then last but not least, my systems trend. Um, this trend has come into play once before this season. And um, to reiterate it for the new listeners... A systems trend is a team that fits that criteria for the week. It could have been any team. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Cardinals. It just fits that it is the Cardinals this week. And when I break it down, you can understand it. Um, I also gave this out on our 
week 10 preview episode. If you guys want to check that out, we get a little bit more in depth there. Um, and we talk about more things other than just betting. This is just strictly bets. But I'll get right to it, Vin. Since 2015, teams on the road who win favored or are underdogs up to five points off a one-game homestand versus a team coming off at least two away games and their next game is a divisional opponent. I break it down like that and then I could get into it another way. I'm just going to read it to you guys. Um, I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, but one more time. Since 2015, teams on the road win favored or are underdogs up to five points. That is Arizona. Off a one-game homestand, Arizona went home to play San Francisco last week. They also have extra rest here. They played on Thursday. Versus a team coming off at least two away games. Tampa Bay was on the road last week in in. Seattle, the week before that, they were on the road as well. And their next game is a divisional opponent. In that situation, the Arizona Cardinals are 22-3 and against the spread. That's a nice system play. And I'm going to write that down in my book and save that for later because I, I did not do that a couple weeks ago. Um, That's a ridiculous system. My man. I will also, I could cut, copy, and paste that and send it to you, brother. You, you know, you could just keep track of that yourself. We also have... Three, one, two, three, four. There are four other instances where that will occur this year. So uh, listeners out there, I will always put that out there for you guys. And you can keep track of that yourself and see if this is something that is a good trend to keep your eye on. If it hits again throughout the season or if it hits now and then hits again throughout the season, you'll know this is a good trend to follow. Again, people, these trends, they point me in the direction of doing the homework and uh, David Johnson's coming back for the Arizona Cardinals. I really like this play. The Cardinals fight hard. They've been in every game. They really never got blown out. And even when they did, they came back like they did with San Fran. I like the points. I'm going to ride with the Cardinals plus four and a half this week, Vin. Vinny, I love it. And, uh, I also have that as one of my games on my sheet here for Week 10. Um, because we talked about it on Monday, I also did a little research. I got two more trends for you to add on uh, in favor of the uh, Cardinals plus four and a half here. Let's do it. So the Bucks, when their last two games went over the total since 2007. So... Last two games the Bucks played, the total has gone over those games. They are 0-11 against the spread mm, mm, the mm. following week. On top of that, the Bucks off a road game, facing a team that forced fewer than four punts a game, fewer than 130 rushing yards, and fewer than 280 passing yards since 2007. They are 0-15 against the spread and 1-14 straight up. Wow. So I'll say that again. I'll break that down. Last week, the Bucks played, uh, played a team that they forced fewer than four punts a game. The opposing team had fewer than 130 rushing yards. They had fewer than 180 passing yards. And that trend worked since 2007, 0-15 against the spread, 1-14 straight up. So not only am I on the Cardinals plus 4.5 this week, I also got them on the money line plus 182. My man, I like it. I like it a lot. I just actually, while we were talking, I'm going to spit out one more trend and we'll dive into the game a little bit. I just found something while we were talking. Uh, Tampa Bay is 4-13 and 13 straight up in their last 17 games against an opponent in the NFC West. I mean, I'm literally, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, then to find something that's going to point me in the Bucks' direction so that I don't have to uh, blow my bankroll on the Cardinals, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It's like every research I've done, I've tried, I try to do it both ways, right? Because, like, you can find a million trends on one team you that you're you want to favor, right? Um, 
but you also got to look at a team, the other team, just in case like they have also good trends or you know good statistics. I can't, I couldn't find anything off the Bucks in this certain situation. So I'll keep looking during the week. I mean, it's only Wednesday. We got till Sunday, but uh, the Arizona Cardinals are very, very strong play for me this week. I like it, man. Um, I'm interested to see what more homework we can find in the next three days. I'm sure you and I will be talking, but I'm glad we're on the same side there, man. And I, uh, you know, you again, you, me and you started that out, and that that's that's kind of where uh, I want the listeners to understand. Like, you know, you might have someone you reach out to that um that's into this betting stuff, man. And 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 we spoke about it. That was something that you said to me, and right away I was like, wow, I really wanted to play the Bucks this week. And then I went and and think about that, listeners. I wanted to play the Bucks, and I went in and dove in and looked at these home, look at these trends, started doing some more homework, looking at the players and and certain scenarios, and I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing I found that points me in the directions of taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And where in my right mind would I lay four and a half points with a team that is two and six and also two and six against the spread in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I can't do it, and usually. If I, I don't want to say they're two bad teams, but if I have two not-so-good teams and they're playing against each other, almost 80% of the time I'm going to side with the points, even if I didn't find a side that I liked. So I like a side, and I'm already getting points. I'm with it, man. And uh, like you said, man, you might even I might even get me a little sprinkle on the money line of plus 182 myself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a great point you just brought up. Like, if you're literally doing no homework when you bet, which I, you know, we, we do a deep dive. Not everyone is like us. Mm-hmm. Like take Ken, for instance, he's an entertainment better, right? Yes. So if you just look at two, okay teams, two bad teams, and you think to yourself, why is this one team favored when they're, you know, on paper, mostly equal, take the points every time. Point to your friends. I, I can't agree. I can't agree anymore, man. Uh, and again, I'm glad that we were on the same side there. And to the listeners out there, um, I spoke with somebody today. Uh, guys new in the betting asked me a few questions. He knows about the pod. And I told him, I said, listen, man, not everything we say is something you should do as well. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what me and Vinny are saying and then go and do the homework yourself. Because at the end of the day, whether you win or lose, it shouldn't be on us or on, you know what I'm saying? And that's my point. I don't look at one thing and or someone else out there saying, well, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. That's cool. Why? And then I'll look into it more. And then I make my decision ultimately at the end of my day. Makes me feel better when people that know what they're doing are on the same side as me. But sometimes, you know what, Vin? It's me and a, and a bunch of people that are wrong. So it happens. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Uh, what we say on this pod isn't the end-all, be-all. Like, we're wrong. Uh, I think to be, like, a break even better, you have to win, like, 52.4% of your bets. Mm -hmm. Um, So anything over that, you're considered a successful better. Uh, Right now on the pod, you know, since doing this, this is my fourth week now. Uh, I think my record's 9-4, and so... 69% 69% winners, uh, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, I'm not, we're not trying to sway you one way or another. We're simply just giving out information for you to make your, your own judgment here. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you, man. Let's get to this. Uh, let's get to the next play, man. What else you like? Let's go with the Steeler game. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams, and the Steelers are getting three and a half at home. Home dog. Okay. I love me a home dog. I'm taking the Steelers plus three and a half. Now, a little little trends for you on this game. The Steelers, when playing on grass, which Heinz Field is grass, as a home dog, coming off a previous win and an opponent's previous win, Steelers are 5-1-1 against the spread. Hits 83% of the time. Small sample size, but still, uh, decent numbers here. Um, 
Another trend I got going on this game, the Steelers' previous game, which was home, when they're playing a team with a better record. So this is a Steelers system trend, I guess you can say. Okay. Uh, Steelers, when their previous game was home, playing a team with a better record than them since 2008 is 22-1-1 against the spread. Yeesh. 96% then. That's that's a tough trend to argue, man. Since 2008. So that's going back now 11 years that this this uh, trend has been in play. 22-1-1. and one and one. It's uh, Originally when I looked at this game, I did have the Rams. Because I found some good trends on them. I wrote the Rams down. Then I did a deeper dive and a lot more information pointed me towards the Steelers this game. And anytime a home team is getting points, I'm going to take that. I love a home dog. So uh, I am back in the Steelers plus three and a half. My man. Um, So like you said, you said to me before we uh, started recording that we might be on opposite sides. And this is a game we are on opposite sides. Um, I... I, ha- I will say that I have not done my my. I have a system. I have what I like to do, and I haven't gone through it yet with this game. But my initial look and my initial breakdown of just off of what I know from these two teams, I will take the Rams. However, with you pointing out these trends to me, and uh, Kevin and I earlier today recording, this line opened up at minus four, and now it is at three and a half. So what that does for me, people, is the line is moving in my favor if I like to take the Rams. Obviously, I don't, I'm not laying four now. I would be laying three and a half. However, why is it going that way? That is something you, you need to understand. And I can look at a game perfectly like last week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They opened up as a six and a half point underdog. By the time that that line closed, it was four. A two-and-a-half-point swing. If you were on the Seahawks, that was the wrong side, in my opinion. You wind up getting the outcome that you wanted if you took the Seahawks. But the entire game, that was the wrong side. The Bucs don't know how to close out games. Jameis Winston miraculously did not throw an interception. This is probably the first time he's done that in a long time. Actually, (laughs) that's the first time he hasn't thrown a pick since week two. And they played the Carolina Panthers on Thursday Night Football. Um, I know that, Vinny, because it's burned into my brain because I tell you and I tell the rest of the listeners, I am not a prop better. That game, I took a prop bet on Jameis Winston to throw a pick, and he did not. That is how bad my luck is with prop bets. It's the reason why I don't take them. Jameis Winston throws picks every game except for the game I bet on him to do it. <laughs> Always happens that way. Yes, yes. But um, what I'm saying is sometimes the line will tell you all you need to know. Now, again, Vin, I did not do my homework on this game yet, but just off of my regular analysis of these two teams, I cannot, in my opinion, cannot back the Pittsburgh Steelers in this situation. Um, I don't have anything. I have no trends. Uh, I'm interested to see which ones you have on the Rams. Maybe you could send that to me when we stop recording, just because I want to. Sometimes, listeners, you just want to feel good about the direction you're going. So don't let those trends or certain people sway you just because you could literally find anything you want out there to go in the direction that you like. So understand that. If I wanted to, I could pull a million things that make me like the Rams even more. But do they matter? That is the real question. So I appreciate you bringing this game up because you did it last week with the Packers and the Chargers. And you didn't, you didn't, make, you didn't turn, I, I was on the Packers. You didn't turn me from a loser to a winner, but you turned me off a loser. And I'm cool with Mm -hmm. that. Anytime that I don't take a loss, I'm cool with it. Of course, would I like to turn it into a win? Sure. But I didn't find myself back in the Chargers, and I would have won. That might be the scenario here again. Um, So I'm appreciative that you brought it up, and uh, it makes me want to dive into the game even more. Yeah, and I'll definitely send you, once we uh, stop recording here, the stuff I have on the Rams. It's just the Steeler trends were just a higher percentage volume than what all the Rams information was coming at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a I had a side with the home dog here. It's 
I mean, 22-1-1 since 8. I mean, that speaks for itself. Uh, that's a hard trend to go against. And like I said, anytime I'm getting points with a home team is, is a win in my book. I'm with you, man. I, and I understand that concept, and that's something that, uh, you know, I took into account here. Again, uh, I'm not on the same side as of now. I, I don't think I'll ever find my way to the Steelers, but I might find my way off the Rams. This is not a game I bet already. I'm just glad you brought it up. It'll give me something more to look into and make sure that I'm uh, I'm, I'm on the right side or I know to get off of the side that I'm already on. So I'm glad you brought that up. you have anything else with this play? No, just... I'm good on this. Uh, let's move on. You got, a, you got a play for me? I do. I do. Um, my next play is going to be the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. First things first, I got to point out the fact that Jacoby Brissett might not play. Uh, it looks like he's going to be a game-time decision or something of that matter. We, we should know more uh, in the week, but I don't think he's going to come into, into effect with what I like in this play, and it's the total. Right now, sitting at 44, I'm liking me some under. I don't see a lot of points here. Um, and the Dolphins, although they have gone six and four to the over this season, uh, I'm I'm still not crazy about it. And it's just only because their last two games, the Dolphins are actually scoring points, and that's because of Fitzpatrick. And the last two games were the only games that went over as of recent. Other than that, it's the other teams that are getting the game over with. Like week one, Baltimore Ravens put up 59 points on them. Uh, they got blown out by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, all these games are getting blown out on, and and usually my thing is if there's a blowout, one team scoring all the points and the other one isn't. In this case, I don't see that it's going to be a blowout. I lean more towards the Dolphins with the spread, but I, I can't back them uh, with, with real money. I'll do it with Monopoly money, but I can't do it with real money. However, 44, it's a low total. Also, the Colts have not won a game by more than six points this season. The total has gone under in five of Miami's last seven games. Also, the total has gone under in 14 of Miami's last 19 games played on week 10. Now, normally, that's a trend I don't, I don't like to follow because certain things... I like to only look at trends that matter. But what that tells me is this team later in the year isn't producing as much. This is also a different regime. There's a lot of young players. you got a lot of good players on this team that are getting traded or getting hurt. Personally, Vin, I think there's dudes on this team, they might be faking injuries just so they don't got to play. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Colts. But I'm not really worried about that. And I have a I have a few trends that go towards the Colts on the under as well. The total has gone under in seven of Indianapolis' last nine games. I just don't see Miami putting up points on this defense. And the Colts tend to struggle at times on offense. 44 points, not a lot. But I see this game being like a uh a 20 to 17. Uh, maybe 24-17 type game. I don't really have a lot of trends, except for the ones I just gave you guys. I don't see a lot of points in this game, and I really like the under total of 44. Yeah, Ben, I like it. it. To be honest with you, this is one of the games where I just completely skipped over, and I'm always appreciative of when we talk that you can put me on to a game that I would have just, Otherwise ignored. Um, just doing a quick SDQL search, my new favorite thing here. Okay. Uh, the Colts as a home favorite when the opposing team has won and the surface is turf, uh, over under 34, 49 and 1, 41% of the time. So that does trend towards the under. So your play would be accurate there. Um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't even looked at this game, so I haven't done much research. I think the backup quarterback for the Colts is Brian Hoyer. 
Yes, you are correct. from the past name. Yeah, you are correct. So, uh, and you're exactly right. It, when teams play the Dolphins, it's them scoring all the points. You don't necessarily worry about the Dolphins scoring points. So I, I would tend to lean towards the under in this game. This is something I'm definitely going to look at uh, in the upcoming days to try to get a better sense of which way to go. But just a quick, like, generic search, it does trend towards the under in this situation. So I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, man. And uh, I appreciate you looking that up. Like you said, it, it, it was just a quick little search there. Um, I found something else, too, that kind of it's, – it's small sample size – um, three road games this year. The under has gone, it has gone under twice so far for the Dolphins. And in four home games this year for the Colts, it is split right down the middle at two and two. Uh, again, I think we're going to see a lot of Marlon Mack, a lot of Naeem Hines in this game. They're the running backs for the Indianapolis Colts, especially if Hoyer's in the game. Even if Jacoby Brissett is in the game, because I don't think they want him dropping back a lot. This is a team that in the Colts that could beat the Miami Dolphins handily. But this might be one of those games where they just want to get out of there. And I could see a point in time where Miami might sneak up and take the lead in this game. Listen, I'm, I was almost talking myself into playing the Dolphins here plus 11. And that 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 line has already moved to 10.5. So uh, I'm not the only one that thinks the Dolphins are a good play especially if there's no Jacoby Brissett. But personally, I don't know if there's a big downgrade between Brissett and Hoyer. Um, obviously, Brissett is the starting quarterback for a reason, but Hoyer is a viable backup. And um, the more and more I talk about it, the more I like the under, uh, and I lean more towards the Dolphins. And that's something I've told you before, Vin. When I like to make plays, I either lean towards the underdog and the under, or I lean towards the favorite and the over. And that theory goes with, if I like the over or the favorite for that matter, the fa- the favorite would have to get margin to cover the spread. Therefore, there will be more points scored. If there are more points scored, it is closer to indicate that the over would hit. If I like the underdog to cover the spread, that would indicate that I would like a team to not, that, that, uh, that the game would not have a lot of points if I think that that team can stay within that margin. I lean towards the Dolphins plus 11, but I love me some under 44. Yeah, I like it, and I'm with you on that. Um, just blindly looking, if Hoyer does play, I I don't see a reason why the Colts are giving up that many points. I understand it gets, it's against the Dolphins, but listen, the Dolphins just beat your Jets. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the NFL. I mean, yeah. this is... These guys' livelihood, they're just not going to lay over and, and continue to lose. They're going to fight. They're going to make a game of it. Um, so 10 and a half, 11, siding with the Dolphins, that might be a good play too. Something I'll look into a little more. But, uh, yeah, I'm waiting on the under. Under I like it. Sounds good, man. We'll do some more work together this week, man, and maybe we could uh, come up with, with something else. What do we got for the next game on your card, Vin? All right, the next game I'm looking at a total here as well. Um, it's going to be in the Chiefs-Titans game. And I'm with the over 48 and a half. Okay. Now, I don't have a ton of trends to point me in this direction. I got a couple generic ones. Um, the Titans as a home dog coming off a previous away dog loss. So last week, the Titans were away. They were an underdog, and they lost. The over-under hit 76% of the time. It's 16-5-2. Pair that with the Chiefs as an away favorite. Coming off a previous home dog win, they're 4-1 over-under 80% of the time. That small sample size leads me towards the over in this game, um, you know, Chiefs don't have great defense at all. They can definitely be passed on. Uh, Titans has some viable receivers uh, that can get the ball down the field. I, I, I like the uh, I like the over here. It's not that high either, 48 and a half. That's, that's doable. So I think 
that has a good chance of hitting. I'm looking at a couple things myself. I'll just spit out a few, like you said, generic ones. I can't argue either or here. I like Tennessee's defense, but I don't think I, – I, let me tell you something, Vin. I took one under this year with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they burned me. And I joked, and I said – and I remember the time uh, uh, I was actually a really square guy. And I say square is basically someone that's a novice better. They don't really know a lot of information. But the guy tried to ridicule me for taking the under. And, of course, when it lost, uh, he had to rub it in my face. And it was, it was, you know, it was a bad play. And I told myself, I'll never take an under again with the Chiefs. I don't care if Mahomes isn't there or not. This offense is high power, whether Mahomes is in or not. Matt Moore is a viable backup quarterback. Um, I was on the over with the Chiefs last week and the Vikings. And um, I, I can't argue to take the under here. A few things I did see towards the over to um, coincide with what you're talking about. The total has gone over in four of Kansas City's last five games when playing on the road against Tennessee. As far as the Titans go, the total has gone over in six of Tennessee's last eight games at home. A few things right there that I'm finding, and that's just from, I didn't even really flip pages, man. That's just some stuff I got laying around in the uh, in my little database here. So uh, I can't argue that play. I would like the over in that one as well. Yeah, and, and this is, uh, out of the five, six plays I have this week, this is probably on the lower end if I was to rank them, uh, you know, strength-wise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, like you said, it's hard to bet a game under when the Chiefs are playing. They're a high-power offense. So over 48-and-a-half with those, you know, sample trends we have, it, it seems like a, a stronger play. I like it, man. Um, you have anything else with this one? No, I'm done with this one. This one is real quick, cut and dry. Cool. Um, I actually I have one more play, and uh, ironically, it's an over as well. And I'm going to Sunday Night Football. Minnesota Vikings taking on the Dallas Cowboys – I can't find a side for the game. Uh, I kept flip-flopping around. Again, this is Wednesday. We got time. But I also told you guys, uh, told the listeners plenty of times, I try not to take two sides in one game. Excuse me, a side and a total. I'm focused more on the total in this game. So with that being said, I'm going to stick with that. And I like the over, and the total is 48. Some things that... um. Kevin and I discussed earlier uh, today when we were recording, and I was blown away by how many statistics that Dallas was leading in in offensive categories. Minnesota's defense hasn't been playing up to par, and now without Adam Thielen, if they shut down Dalvin Cook, I feel like it puts them at a disadvantage on the field for better field position for the opposition. I do think the Vikings can put points up, but I don't think they can stop anybody. I don't think they can stop Dallas. Small amount of trends I have. The total has gone over in eight of the last 11 games for Dallas. The total has gone over in five of the last five games Dallas has played against the NFC North. Just a few sample size there. Go ahead, my bad. No, I was going to say that's a strong side. That's... That's a good side to be on. Uh, not to get you too off topic, but this is another game that, you know, I really didn't look at. I briefly looked at it. And just from our previous stats uh, with the Vikings, they're not playing at 1 o'clock. So I did have a strong lead lean towards uh, the Cowboys minus 3. But now you got me looking on the over-under here. Yeah, man. I, I, this my That was my first thing, too. Um, and when you listen to uh, the preview episode that me and Kev put out, there were a lot of trends, man, that had me going back and forth. And that kind of leaned me more to say, you know what? I'm not messing with the size on this game, but I really like the over here. Um, the, the Vikings have been, they were like an under team for me um, coming into this season. I took them week one against Atlanta uh, on the under. It barely got there, but I made it. 
I hit another under on them against the Green Bay Packers. And I was on that under when they lost 16-6 to the Bears. This was an under team, but sometimes within a year, that team, it changes. And this is a perfect example that it went from an under team to an over team because their defense isn't performing, and they do have a high-powered offense. At any given time, they could throw a deep ball to Stephon Diggs, and boom, you got a touchdown. Dalvin Good could break out a run, boom, you got a touchdown. On the other side of the ball, you got the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. I, 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 can't, I can't decide on which team I like to win this game, but I just want to see a lot of points. The thing is, with this game being Sunday Night Football, my biggest thing is, I, I you might have heard me say this before, Vin, I call Sunday Night Football, I call this the get-back game. And the get-back game is when Sunday goes down and you're losing all your bets, Sunday Night Football, what do people do? Like you said, Joe Public, they look at two things. What does Joe Public always look at, Vin? They look at the favorite and the over. So that has me a little scared. What I would do now, I'm going to do a little bit more research. If this is the play, I'm going to make it now. Because if everybody starts hitting this over later, it's going to go from 48 to 48 and a half up to 49. And then I start losing value on that number. What do you feel about that? I completely agree with you. Um, it's Joe, Joe Public, uh, average Joe Schmo, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think they're going to be on the over as well. You got two high powered offenses that can definitely score the ball or, <laughs> yeah, score. Um, so I only see this number going up. Uh, would you say is that 48 right yeah, now? 48 right now, yep. Yeah, this uh, come kickoff Sunday night, you got a whole Sunday. It, I wouldn't be surprised if this hit 50 at some point. I agree, man. I agree. I got nothing else with this game. Do you have anything else? Uh, not on this game. Like I said before, I would lean um, just initial look with the Cowboys minus uh, minus three, I think it is. Um, but that's literally no research. You want to call that my square play of the week. That could be my square play of the week. But, um, you know, something to keep an eye out come Sunday. We still got time to, to take a look at this game. So definitely do my research on this one as well. Sounds good, man. You got anything else? I got one more game for the week. Awesome. Um, it is going to be another total here. Uh, I like the Panthers-Green Bay game. Okay. And we're going to go with another over, this time at 46 and a half. Now, I got a couple interesting trends on this one um, that really stuck out to me. So the Panthers as a dog... When the total is greater than 45, which it is, and their previous over-under margin was greater and equal to 7, they're 12-2 over-under, 86%. Wow. And that's since 1998. Oof. So let's, let's take that back. Let's break this down. Panthers as a dog, which they are this week, right? Mm-hmm. Plus 5.5. The total... Is greater than 45. Right now, the total sits at 46 and a half. And their previous over-under margin was greater than equal to seven. So last week, the total went over in the Panthers game by seven points. So that there's your over-under margin. Yep. I forget. I forget what exactly the number was, but the total went over by seven points. Since 1998, the over-under is 12-2 and two in this situation. I mean, that's a real good trend, man. And uh, I just want to point out that last week, the Panthers took on the Tennessee Titans. The final score was 30-20, to 20, and the total in that game was 42, give or take, 42.5, um, depending on what you had out there. I, I'm looking at two different numbers here, so I just wanted to point that out there for the listeners. Yeah, I think I saw it at 43 when it closed. So that there's where my seven comes in gotcha. to play. One more trend on this one. The Packers as a home favorite coming off a loss when they allowed their opponent at least 24 first downs 
from nine and seven over under 50, 56% leans towards the over. Again, Green Bay, not a great defense. Panthers have been ser- uh, serviceable. I think McCaffrey's going to have a monster day, as Kev pointed out in the preview episode. Um, he's going to run all over Green Bay. And uh, listen, Green Bay's no slouch either. They can put us on points. So 46.5, that seems pretty low for two offenses that can definitely get the ball in the end zone. Uh, I'm on the overall day here. Um, I can't argue with you there, man. I think Green Bay is going to come out firing after last week. Uh, their offense just looked inept against the Chargers. Um, and that's not them, man. They 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 have the talent. Uh, Devontae Adams is back now playing for them. This is going to be his second game back. Uh, I'm with you there, man. I, I found a few things myself. The total has gone over in five of Green Bay's last six games when playing at home against the Carolina Panthers. And then on the flip side, uh, Carolina total has gone over four of the last five games when they are playing on the road. So I can't argue there, man. Um, Carolina finds ways to put up points. They just put up a 30-burger at home against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's Titans defense came into that game ranked sixth, and they were able to put up 30 points on them. And uh, I don't think Tennessee's defense is, excuse me, I don't think Green Bay's defense is as good as Tennessee's. So uh, I can argue the fact that it's going to go over again as well. Yeah, and Panthers really don't have a look-ahead game. They play the the Falcons next week. Falcons are this year a real disappointment, which I did not think they were going to be. Neither did I, bro. One of your first uh, episodes you and Kev did, uh, you had a really interesting stat that they only played like three games outside of a dome this year, and I was all over that. I thought they were going to come out firing this year. That wasn't the case. So, uh, you know, the, the look-ahead game is not a factor for the Panthers. Um, lots of points in this game. It's ironic that you bring that up because we are going to be in week 11 next week. Just think about what, what I'm saying here, and that will be the first game that the Atlanta Falcons play outdoors all year. Yeah, absolutely. Week 11, first game outside. That's crazy. And, you know, there's some things out there that I want to tell the listeners. A lot of homework I did before going into the season. And I, I thought that I thought the Falcons would be a good team this year. I thought that there would be a good edge to the fact that they played indoors a lot. Um, sometimes those things don't matter. Uh, there's another thing I saw out there. And, you know, listen, people, just if you want to – uh, cooperate with what I'm saying. You could look at this stuff yourself. You know, this information is out there for everyone. I did the homework myself. I found it. There's another one I found that I thought would be interesting. And uh, again, it wouldn't help me in the betting world, but I thought it would help me uh, with my heart. So I don't have a heart attack watching my Jets. But again, I was wrong. Vin, did you know the New York Jets do not play a single game? outside of the Eastern Standard Time Zone this season. Wait, really? How is that possible? It's possible. They they do not play one game outside of the Eastern Standard Time Zone. I looked at it going into the season. I thought it would be a strong edge for us. Apparently, that's not the case. As you can tell, right now they stink. I mean, I'll really quick quickly go over their schedule for the listeners out there. Buffalo. I'm, I'm just going to read you guys the away games, obviously. So we'll just skip over Buffalo. At Patriots, at Eagles, at Jacksonville, at Miami, at Washington, at Cincinnati, at Baltimore, at Buffalo. That's the eight games right there. Not a one is outside the Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's crazy. And then you got poor Oakland that's traveling to everywhere in the entire country on a week-to-week basis. They can't catch a break. Jets don't leave the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, That's, it is. It is put crazy. In, put me in charge of NFL schedule. I mean, and, and you brought up Oakland at Minnesota, at Indianapolis, fly to London, then the bye week, then you got to then at Green Bay, at Houston, two home games at New York, at Kansas City. And then they end their season at San Diego. That's not really a big travel spot for them. And then at Denver. 
They got a gauntlet of a schedule there. And, then, you know, and it's crazy. And look at that team. They're 4-4. Four and four. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they got two big underdog wins under their belt there. Both times they were plus seven underdog. Um, so sometimes what I'm telling you listeners is some of that stuff, it's baffling to find out and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. And uh, I'm I'm very happy I put a wager on the uh, Falcons to win the division this year because that would have <laughs> been a hard loss. Yeah, man. It's, ironically, I backed the Falcons only twice this year, and I'm one and one. I took them week two at home against the Eagles, and then I took them. I believe actually no, I didn't have. I actually did not back them again. But it's almost worse, man. I took them in a survivor pick against the Cardinals when uh, Matt Bryant missed the extra point. So that was a that was a tough one, man. Yeah, he's usually automatic too. Yeah, well and now, now he's ageless as well. Yeah, well now he's automatically sitting on the couch because they cut him a few weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, um, one uh, one last thing because I'm done with uh, my slate of games this week. So we're we're about halfway through, a little more than halfway through, if you uh, include the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Do you have a futures bet for a team to win the Super Bowl, knowing what we know now at this point in time? I do not. Uh, I'm usually a more I, – I try to – you know, because when you look at the Super Bowl, you're, you're, you're picking one team to do uh, a big task. So what I try to focus on with my futures bets, it doesn't mean I don't do it. I, I've I've been, I'd say, fairly successful in my future bets. Um, different sports, I do them all. Um, I met, I had the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to win the World Series. That was a whiff. Uh, however, I had the St. Louis Blues to win the Stanley Cup. That was uh, a nice payday there at plus 1,200. I didn't forget that. I won't forget that probably for a long time. But... I try to focus on the divisions or win totals. Um, as of right now, I have two bets in. I have the Cincinnati Bengals win total under four and a half. That's looking okay right now. Uh, they do have they do have the Jets and the Dolphins coming up, so uh, that's a little scary because if they get a, a win before that, I'm going to have to sweat. <laughs> And then I have the Indianapolis Colts win total over six and a half. Um, but as far as the futures bet goes, I don't have one yet. I will determine one. Last year, I wanted to place it on a certain team, and I'm going to probably stick with that same team. What Do, do you have the, um, the, the lines in front of you for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I got the odds pulled up in front of me here. What do you got for the New Orleans Saints? The Saints, as of November 6th, are plus 450 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like that, man. That's a that's a good that's a good chunk of change right there. And they're playing really good. Got Drew Brees back. They're about to get into divisional play. And if uh, if you look at their division rivals right now, uh, they're coming out of the bye this week against the Falcons. Uh, I did look it up earlier. I know it off the top of my head. Since 2006, when Sean Payton has got there, the New Orleans Saints are 11-5 and straight up after a bye. Uh, and I, I, I tend to, to, to go look back when the coach was there. I think the coach has a big influence on the bye weeks. So I try not to, like, like I looked at the Falcons as well. And um, since Dan Quinn has been there, he's only been there. This will be his fifth year there now so there's not a big sample size uh the falcons are three and two straight up after a bye week and i like to look at the coach after bye weeks because again i think they are the reason the team gets up or doesn't after a bye week Uh, and the reason i say that is because i really like the saints and they did if you look at the nfc south schedule i don't know like you said you would like to be in charge of the nfl scheduling I, i would too because look at the Saints' next four games. It is a divisional gauntlet. Falcons, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons. It's I In all my years of football, I've never seen that, that they play four division games in a row. 
Yeah, it's a, I don't know who's in charge of this. I don't know what goes into deciding this. I would actually love to know. I think that'd be really cool, use, useful information or just, you know, just a fun tidbit to know. Um, but yeah, that's four divisional games, four weeks. That's crazy. Every game is going to matter for them. Um, as far, it's funny you say the coach matters coming off a bye. I remember, I've been living in Philly now for 10 years. Um, Andy Reid was a master off the bye for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know his specific record off the top of my head. All I know is when he was coaching the Eagles, it was almost an automatic win for the Birds coming off a bye when uh, Andy Reid was coach. So I definitely think uh, coaching matters coming off a bye, how you get your team up for the next game after a week off. My man. So, um, yeah, man. So I, I'm going to – I like the Saints. That, that'll that be one that I potentially make a wager on, uh, something I'll be looking into in the future. Uh, but what about yourself, man? Is there anything that you have one now or anything you're looking at in particular? There's there's two that stand out to me right now. Um, one AFC, one NFC. So, you know, can't hurt to put a little wager on both. Um, The one I'm looking at, the Los Angeles Rams, plus 1,800. I think that's really good value for a team that just went to the Super Bowl last year. Um, Looking at the remaining schedule, it's nothing too daunting. Um, You know, obviously we talked about it. They got the Steelers this week. Then they follow that up with the Bears, Ravens, Cardinals, Seahawks. You know, nothing crazy in there uh, where they can't make a run. I think that they'll be posed for a uh, wild card. Um, but I think that's good value at 1800 And then the other team I'm looking at is the Ravens, uh, plus 800 uh, Coming off a big win against the, uh, the Patriots. I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Um, I got it right here if you want me to read it out. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Bengals, Texans, Rams, Niners, Bills, Jets, Browns, and Steelers. Um, I I, I can't argue with you there, man. I I see maybe, obviously, a tough game with the 49ers. I'm going to be looking forward to that one. Tough game with the Rams. But after that, man, I mean, I, I, I think the Bills are fraudulent. But I did say it earlier in the episode, playing in Buffalo is a tough place to play. But uh, I got a layup with my Jets there. That's a that's a win with their eyes closed. They did struggle last time against the Browns, but it's the divisional game. I always like to say that the division rivals tend to split. I don't. It's not. It doesn't mean it always happens. And then they end there with the Steelers. Um, I can't. I can't argue that one, man. And I think there's both. I think it's great value on the Rams at plus 1,800. And, man, plus 800 with the Ravens. I, I mean, I look at only three teams in the AFC right now, and um, that's the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. So if you're going to give me plus 800 one of those three, um, I'm I'm with that, man. Yeah, and it, it's right now for both those teams, it's really good value. It's only going to go down the more each team keeps winning. So... You know, if your future's better and you, uh, you're looking for a team to win the Super Bowl, want a little rooting interest, you know, take a look at the Saints, Ravens, Rams, put a little put a little something on there and uh, hope for the best. I like it, my man. Um, personal question, but do you ever do a uh, a fan bet? And what I mean by that, like, do you ever do you ever put a little something on the on the G men to uh, to win? No, okay. no. Okay, so you, so can't you, do that. So you don't burn money like me, then? No, it's uh, years past when the when the Giants went on their first Super Bowl run back in two thousand seven. I was riding them every playoff game, but just individual bets. I I didn't put a wager on them to uh, to win the Super Bowl at all, but uh, I was riding them hard each each playoff game. But, uh, no, I can't. The way they've been playing lately, I can't put my hard-earned money on them to make a miraculous comeback and run and 
in the playoffs here. I got you, man. Um, well, every year uh, I, I like to put aside a little lunch bet. And um, before I do it, I look at it and I hold a lighter in my hand and I think about burning it up before I even give it to the sports book. But I, I put one in for my Jets. One day it's going to hit, and then it'll I'll recoup all the lunch bets I lost for the last 20 years. Um, but then again, I do it in um, in three out of the four major sports, so I need to hit one or otherwise I'm going to go broke soon. Pretty soon the Jets are going to be the new uh, Chicago Cubs. Yeah, well, man, that's going to be the, that's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to live and die before I watch them win a championship. But nobody wants to hear me <laughs> crying about my Jets, all boo-hoo stuff. Um, Vin, I, I want to thank you for coming on again, man. I, I know, uh, you know, you got a lot going on, so I appreciate it, man. And I'm glad this is uh, coming like a weekly thing. Some of the listeners reach out to me. They they appreciate it, and, and, and they're excited to hear what we got to say weekly when we do it. So, uh, uh, again, I want to thank you. And uh, before we head out, man, if, if you can just let the listeners know again, maybe they might have skipped ahead. They might have just wanted to hear the picks. And uh, if they want to find out where they can find you and, and the things that you're putting out there in social media, uh, let them know. And, and uh, we'll, until next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, my name is Vinny Serio. You can find me at Philly Ringer on Twitter. That's where I'm posting up daily free plays for NBA, NFL. Uh, I'll do the occasional sprinkle of college basketball. And uh, if you just want to follow my personal accounts at Instagram or on Twitter, it's at randomhero underscore underscore. Uh, always, uh, always a pleasure coming on. I appreciate you and Kev taking time for having me and, you know, dedicating a episode to – you, me, talking gambling, because we can do this for hours. We can, man. We can. And, uh, again, we um, I thank you. Kev, thanks you. And uh, we hope the listeners enjoy. We'll be back. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, closing this out. want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to Strictly Bets Week 10 First Pick Podcast Betting Edition. We appreciate all the support that we're getting thus far. Please rate, review, and share. Tell a friend to tell another friend to tell another friend. If you like what we're doing here, spread the word for us. Please share it. We are greatly appreciative. I want to close out with the regular spiel. I'm your boy Vinny Goombots. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at V I N N Y G O O M B O T S. And you are listening to the First Pick Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Music, Apple iTunes, and Podcast Addicts. If you want to find the social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the First Pick Pod. You want to follow my co host, Big Kev. At the biggest ball 76 on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys again for listening. And as always, thank you for making us your first pick podcast.